0: Section fifty six of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain read by John Greenman. Chapter six A Stable for the Horse. Gilliatt was sufficiently well versed in reefs to take the Douvres very seriously. First of all, as we have just said, the question arose of putting the boat in a safe shelter. The double ridge of reefs, which was prolonged in a sinuous lane behind the Douvres, formed a group itself here and there with other rocks, and one perceived their ridges and caves opening out into the alley, and joined to the principal defile like branches of a tree. The lower portion of the reefs were carpeted with seaweed, and the upper part with lichens. The uniform level of the seaweed on all the rocks marked the waterline of high tide and of slack water the points not reached by the water had those silver and golden gleams which are imparted to marine granite by the white and yellow lichen. An eruption of conoid shells covered the rock at certain points, the dry rot of the granite. At other points in the retreating angles, where fine sand had accumulated, ridged on the surface by the wind rather than by the water, there were tufts of blue thistle, in the notches, but. Little beaten by the foam, one could recognize small holes made by sea urchins. This shell hedgehog, a living ball which walks by rolling along on its points, and whose cuirass is composed of more than ten thousand pieces artistically adjusted and welded together, the sea urchin, whose mouth is called, no one knows why, Aristotle's lantern, hollows out the granite with his five teeth which gnaw the rocks, and lodges himself in the hole. It is in these little cells that samphire-gatherers find him. They cut him in quarters and devour him raw, like an oyster. Some dip their bread in his soft flesh, hence the name sea-egg. The distant summits of the reefs, left above the water by the retreating tide, terminated directly below the cliff of the man in a sort of creek walled nearly on all sides by the precipice evidently here was a possible anchorage gilead observed this creek it had the form of a horseshoe and opened in one direction only to the east wind which is the least violent of these shores the water was hemmed in there and nearly tranquil this bay was comparatively safe Moreover, Gilead had not much choice. If Gilead wished to profit by the low tide, he must make haste. The weather, moreover, remained fine and mild. The insolent sea was now in good humor. Gilead descended, put on his shoes and stockings, cast off his moorings, re-entered his boat, and pushed out into deep water. Using his oars, he coasted along outside the reef. On arriving near the man, he examined the entrance to the creek. A fixed ripple in the motionless waves, a furrow imperceptible to anyone but a seaman marked the channel. Gilead studied for a moment this curve, which was almost indistinct in the water. Then he sheered off a little in order to be able to veer at ease and make the channel well, and quickly, with one turn of the oar, he entered the little inlet. He sounded. The anchorage was really excellent. There the boat would be protected against nearly all the contingencies of the season. The most dreaded reefs have these quiet nooks. The harbors which one finds in a reef resemble the hospitality of the Bedouin. They are honest and sure. Gilliatt brought the boat as close alongside of the man as he could, but still far enough away to avoid striking the rocks, and dropped his two anchors. That done, he folded his arms and took counsel with himself. The boat was sheltered. That was one problem solved. But a second presented itself. Where was he now to find shelter for himself? Two retreats presented themselves, the paunch itself, with its little cabin almost habitable, and the plateau of the man, easy to scale. From either of these shelters at low tide, and by leaping from rock to rock, one could reach, almost dry-shod, the pass of the Douvres, where the Durand was. But low tide only lasts for a moment, and all the rest of the time he would be separated, either from his shelter or from the wreck, by more than two hundred fathoms. To swim in the water of a reef is difficult. If there is the least sea on, it is impossible. He must give up the idea of shelter in the boat or, on the man, No possible resting-place on the neighboring rocks. The summits of the lower peaks were covered twice a day by the tide. The upper peaks were constantly reached by flakes of foam. An inhospitable drenching. There remained the wreck itself. Could one lodge there? Gilliatt hopes so. End of chapter 6 A stable for the horse